0: for the listener, because it'll sound normal and hopefully better.
1: Yeah, hopefully, yeah, we have we have new recording. Well, I don't know about studio. The, the
0: quality of the content, but the quality of the audio should be a little better. Yeah, yeah so the Super you Max
2: gonna... here has given me a microphone. It's quite nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, welcome to The Good, The Pond, and The Ugly. Uh, this is not an episode of The Good, The Pond, and The Smugly, or whatever we're calling it. This is a special episode celebrating and... Returning to pontificating on Michael Mann, Mann. Michael Mann, uh, Mann yeah, <laughs> we,
1: we did all of Michael Mann's, uh, directorial works, um, in season five and he just released the pilot episode of Tokyo vice, which he directed. So we're going to, as completists, we're going to do it just like he, we do with Clint Eastwood and cry macho.
0: Yep. He just dropped a big load as we say, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so I guess I didn't learn enough about being a man.
1: No, you can never learn enough about being a man.
0: Maybe that'll be my lesson for this. Oh, yeah,
1: there there are no guns in this one, so your lessons. Fuck.
0: Yeah, he doesn't. Spoilers: He doesn't go back and kill someone at the end. No, and get revenge or something. Yeah. shoot yeah. everybody.
1: I, yeah, unless yeah. his career is considered a side oh. character. Um anyway Tokyo Vice uh, HBO Max is Tokyo Vice based on a memoir of a um, American journalist in Tokyo for 12 years.
2: Yeah, Jake Epstein. Um,
1: in our manuscript corner, Thomas was yeah. nice enough to read the book before yeah. before you watched well, uh, the
2: pilot, right? Correct. And Monoma County Library, shout out was nice enough to lend it to Ooh. me.
1: Woo. All
2: right. I'm surprised they still let you in there. Well yeah, did, they're, they're they there's grateful them. Yeah, there's grateful I returned all those Nicolas Cage movies.
1: <laughs> uh yeah. so I'm really curious about the book because before when the f- series was first announced and Michael Mann was part of it, I was like, Oh well, this sounds cool and I, I I never got around to reading the book. Um but it sounds fairly fascinating. You can read? Yeah. I, I, so I would have had to have learned to read and then have read the book. So it was like way too much work. Yeah. So I'm grateful for you to read it, Thomas. Uh, what are your yeah. impressions of the book? Tell um, us about
2: it. Yeah, I think the book was a little exciting for me. Um, reading it, knowing that uh, the Tokyo Vice uh, series was going to be released uh, with Man directing the first episode. Um. Because there's, it's fairly procedural. It really is a cub reporter, somebody who uh, was never a journalist, who graduates in Japan and wants to stay in Japan and decides to do something which is very rare for a foreigner. And that's to work for the Japanese language newspapers. Mm-hmm. And so it starts off similar to um, the series that, you'll, that we'll talk about um, with him taking a test. What's really exciting, though, is like, and what's exciting for me, uh, knowing that Mann was going to be, had uh, had had his had some involvement with the series, was there's things like, um, as soon as he passes and gets in, he's told by somebody, like, there's eight rules of being a good reporter. And they break it down. Uh, this veteran reporter just taking him aside, talking to him about the, the eight different rules. Like, number one, don't ever burn your sources. Number two, finish a story as soon as possible. Number three, never believe anyone. Number four, take and so it's like a page of that. Of like this oh. uh, of a person just breaking down the eight different things. That sounds great. Uh, yeah. And I was like, man, okay, I could see I can see this, this expert uh passing to a novice, which is something you don't quite see with a with a Michael Mann film, All right, Usually you just get the expert. Someone top yeah, of I'm their the game. Mm-hmm. And so you see uh, this handing of the torch very early on in the uh, in this nonfiction work. You also get things a little bit later, like uh, uh, he uh, gets in because there's another graduate of the same college, Sophia College, uh, um, who works for the paper. Japanese person, Japanese native, uh, who who lets like helps him out with whenever he doesn't pass as high on the test. Rank as high on the test as some of his some of the uh, some of his competition. This is a person who helps try and make some exceptions for him to get him on board, and he says things to him like, "If you have a girlfriend, should be uh, should be gone as soon as you're not around, and you won't be around a lot. You have to let go of your pride because everything you think you know is wrong, and you just it's like page it's a full page of him just cutting like breaking down his experience wow. as a journalist as well, and it ends with. A reporter has a short half-life in this company. Enjoy it while it lasts. Simplify, get down on the things you don't need, and be sure to leave something behind worth having. And it just feels like almost like heat, right? Like figure out the things you can't walk away from and make those really precious as opposed to just be able to walk away from everything in 30 seconds flat, right? Wow. Like what is it going to grab in that 30 seconds?
0: That... Makes sense why Michael Mann was maybe interested in this then.
1: Yeah, it almost sounds like um, um, Robert De Niro's Macaulay, like in his first interaction with Val Kilmer. Yeah. These are the kind of things that he would impart upon him.
2: Right. Well, is it um, going with that as opposed to L.A. takedown?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so overall, though, uh, the book covers a longer period of time than it should. Sure so the
2: uh, um, and we don't know fully what the series is going to do. Um, we do know that the series originally was going to be a movie that they then turned into a television series. And I think originally it was going to have um, the really pale guy from Twilight, uh, not Twilight Zone, but from Twilight. Ooh, which one?
1: Batman? Yes. Robert Pattinson? Oh.
2: In uh, the uh, Lee Jake Edelstein role. Um, Ooh. So... Um, which make a little bit more sense, I guess, when we get into it, because one thing that comes up aside from him just being, um, a foreigner in Japan, being a white person in Japan is also that he's Jewish, which yeah. comes up mm-hmm. occasionally where, um, they're uh, during the, this is something I didn't know until reading this book in the, during the boom era in the nineties, uh, before the bubble burst in Japan, they were uh, importing a lot of foreign workers, uh, Koreans like they've always done, but also a lot of Iranians.
3: Huh.
2: And there were some a lot of violence going on um, with some of those Iranians who had outstayed their visa. Whenever the bubble happened, they would try to get rid of everybody by um, not extending work visas. So people wow. were living there illegally having to work under the table and becoming fairly desperate. And so there was, a, uh, I believe, a stabbing that happened, and they were looking for some Iranian people, and he ended up pretending like he was Iranian um, because he's just swarthy enough, like he's just dark-skinned <laughs> enough, and uh, tried to pass as an Iranian um, to some comedic effect <laughs> different times. Huh. So, that uh, yeah, his Jewishness comes up a lot. People thought that maybe it was Mossad or CIA as well at different yeah. times. Yeah, he he has the
1: nickname Mossad, at least in the second episode, his two buddies um, refer to him as that. Right.
2: Yeah, but a lot Um, of it's um, just Japanese culture um, uh, because it is so different than American culture or a lot of European cultures. It is very much an island unto itself. Um, And and this is one thing thing that uh, jumped out at me, which I was, it makes sense given the title. But uh, the first part of the book, he is a crime reporter. The second half of the book, he uh, is a vice reporter. So he's dealing with prostitution a lot. And, um, you know, the akuzo throughout all that. And then he ends up not being a reporter anymore in Japan in the last maybe 50 pages and working for human rights groups uh, to deal with the human traffic that's going on in Japan.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I saw that on the Wikipedia.
1: That's uh, sounds like a fascinating, um,
0: fascinating it's, story. It sounds like more of a fascinating story than you might get when it's put in television form.
1: So historically, Thomas, uh, you mentioned Japan and the bubble. I mean, the late 90s and early 2000s. Very fascinating time in Japan. Um, a lot of economic contractions. Very volatile time. And it's a great time to set a story. And you can well, see and why Michael Mann would be uh, attracted to a lot of that.
2: Yeah, I don't know if you guys listened to the uh the podcast that friend of the show Ryan sent over to us. Yes, I did. Uh okay. Um hmm, Is it called the Rap? I can't remember what the name of the that show uh that podcast was. But uh in the Michael Mann the watch, portion of it. Watch. The watch. Thank yeah. you, thank you. The watch. It's about television. Um in the Michael Mann portion, he keeps talking about the insider. Because it is still the same time period as when uh, this television series is going to be going on. Um, But also, it's about journalism. Uh, And it's strange. It's like the end of an era of journalism, whether that's network television or that's having a newspaper. Fascinating
1: era. And um, you can see why they try to turn into various TV shows or movies. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, do you want to talk about the, 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 the pilot a little bit? The, the the um the showrunner along with michael mann uh, jt rogers who tony winning playwright pretty good credentials he wrote oslo um which they turned into a movie um he's also friends i believe with the 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 guy who wrote the book yeah um so, so do you want to get just get get out out of the way of what what you all thought about the the pilot to tokyo vice Y'all? Do you want to just get that over with right now? Yeah. Pull the band-aid off. Yeah. All right, Jack. Well, what'd you is, think?
2: It, is the pilot any longer than the other episodes? There's three that have been released so far, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I fell asleep during the second one, so I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's 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 the same. And um Yeah, I'll 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 talk a little bit about the second episode. It doesn't really have a lot to do with the first episode, but uh it is inter- some of it's interesting to
2: me. So it's least. been seven years since Black Hat, right? Is my math mm. right on that? Was Black Blackhack yes, yeah. 2015?
1: Yes. Yeah, you are correct. Um, but uh, what, what I, what I want to go back to is the pilot episode to Luck that he directed, because a lot of the negatives about that and the way he directed the pilot uh, visually, um, Tokyo Vice feels a little bit more like what you'd expect Michael Mann directing a pilot to look like, whereas Luck did not.
0: It checks out pretty much everything on the on the bingo card.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it, it does feel the same the same uh, style as Black Hat. Yeah, definitely.
2: Well, content wise, maybe. No, I think okay. style wise. Ah, uh, huh. I feel maybe, like the, I feel like the close-ups um, during the like the, the way that he shoots horses when they're running um, films them to- not shooting on. Well,
3: <laughs> that's uh, not, not, not they it, so. he films them and then he <laughs> shoots
2: them. Yes, <laughs> or he has somebody else shoot them. Um he actually has somebody else film him as well, right? He's not behind the camera. Um <laughs> the uh I, I feel like the way that he sets up his composition for the for that horse uh racing portion um feels like a Michael Mann flourish. And the digital photography uh feels very Mannish in luck. I'm not so sure that I really feel the touches of Michael Mann on this first episode. I see content-wise while why it would be exciting. But everything that I was excited for, whenever I heard that he was going to be shooting in Tokyo, seems to be absent.
0: I I, I, completely, I think I would flip that. I'd say that content-wise, I don't see anything in here besides maybe... Uh, a couple of the character notes for the main character, but I don't really see anything that gives me the, the whole Michael Mann excitement. And visually, I think it checks off all the, all the boxes.
1: Okay. I think I'm a little more with Jack on this. Uh, I, th- I think it, it's remarkably well shot. Um, I like the way he doesn't overdo... Um, you know, he's not trying to make it look like um, um, Blade Runner or, or Black Rain Or what was the movie with um, Bill Murray and
2: Lost in Translation?
1: Uh, Lost in Translation. Uh, I I think there's a lack of fetishization of Tokyo that you often get when people shoot there. Yeah, Um, and I think he in the future
2: like Blade Runner.
1: Yeah, no, I I think he avoids that, and it still has a distinct flavor of um, of a cinematic city. I don't know how realistic it is, Um, but I appreciate that. Because we, we don't need to see the neon cityscapes and drone shots and transitions like you're kind of expecting in a TV show. Well, like
0: they do in the second episode.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about that. So originally, before Michael Mann came on, um, this was supposed to be directed by um, the dude who did Shang-Chi, Daniel, Destin Daniel Cretton. Which are Cretan, I don't know <laughs> the last name. Mm-hmm. Depends on your feelings about Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. Um and Michael Mann came on relatively late, and I think it's to the stylistic benefit of the pilot. Um, because I think it i I, I do like the how he directs it. But when you watch the second episode, it, it it's fairly standard. And it, it's yeah. it's almost like a pilot is to establish uh, a visual style and and flair and feel of a show. That's why the pilots are so important. Uh, <laughs> what I found fascinating by the second episode is that there's none of it.
0: But he was executive producer or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. He From was there. On. He was
1: there the entire time okay. that they shot the show.
0: Um, that makes sense.
1: But whatever visual template he laid down, it really wasn't utilized after the pilot
0: episode. Well, which... his his style is so distinct. And that's why I, I'm kind of confused why you don't see that Thomas, because he Totally does the Michael Mann over the shoulder, following the character thing. He I just, has...
2: Yeah, I, I guess what I've seen is over the years, other people have taken that on, especially as the technology allows them to. Mm. And so it doesn't feel... Um, seven years past Black Hat, um, however many years since... Um, uh, Public Enemies. Public Enemies, yeah. It, that it really feels like... Uh a man flush Like the two things I, I remember from luck as far as like having the Michael Mann touch, um, aside from uh just the digital photography on it, uh, was yeah, when the horses are running, but also whenever Dustin Hoffman's character gets knocked back in the chair or knocks the other guy, rips his shirt open and then the chair flips over, and you get a sense of the camera moving with it. Yeah. And in this, it felt o- opposite of what you said, Ken. It felt a little bit like Lost in Translation for a good portion of it just because Adelson's so tall. And you keep seeing him in that perspective, <laughs> like in the train station or when he's walking through, um, uh, well, anywhere that he's walking, but especially like the news desks. But so also when he's with sitting, the, he's the night, the,
3: that nightclub the scene,
2: he's jumping up and down, like all the short, like uh, all the, the, the collage of him studying. That's I think that things that feel like Michael Mann or that there is so much Japanese being spoken which is great. Mm-hmm. And you're not quite sure what you're watching, uh, for that first, um, montage of, uh, the Adelston's, uh, character studying.
1: I, I like the opening of this, it's a great uh, opening. The, the whole sequence of him until he gets the job. Um, I thought it was really effective storytelling. Um,
2: but the, that, the test sequence. I, I was, think it was good. I just don't think that I I don't think I saw anything that Michael Mann brought to it that was special. But I also didn't watch the second episode as I contrapoy like as a um for comparison.
1: There is a uh the 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 opening of the scene with the the guy who was stabbed with the samurai sword. He's in the foreground. It's the best shot. He's in the, the foreground episode. and he's out of focus. And then behind him, they're intersecting trains below on a platform. And then it pulls him into focus. Um, yeah, definitely the best shot of, of that. That's amazing pilot.
0: Amazing visual storytelling.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I, I think we should talk about, the obviously, the big problem with it. The, which... si- the six foot three problem. Yes. The, six the non-Jewish
2: three. Jewish guy problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's interesting of that you said Robert that Robert Pattinson was maybe originally up for this because Ansel Elgort is definitely the big problem with the show. And um, that character was, I'm assuming written to be like, well, I don't know because it's hard to make a show or a, a movie, a biopic style, anything about a real person, especially a person that's still alive. But I feel like as a character, he completely gets it wrong. And I'm not sure what Michael Mann was thinking with the direction of of him and how maybe if they clashed on that at all, because his character is totally supposed to be, like, I don't want this to sound bad, but like maybe more autistic
3: Mm. and like socially a little
0: bit more fish out of water because he seems, because you get that great first scene, that cold open with him and Ken Watanabe and they're like, this is to protect against knives and they go into the, and he has a cigarette and he's really confident and cool. And then when you get the flashback to two years earlier, he's exactly the same. (laughs) Like he's super cool. He is so cool that when he walks into his apartment, the guy at the desk that's in the restaurant below instinctively opens a beer for him. Like that is how cool and confident this character is. And so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I think the stuff of him, uh, maybe supposed to be a bit of like a fish out of water or socially not understanding the cues because it is really different in Japan. And you, he, he does not play that well at all.
1: Yeah. I, I'm really curious. Um, I know, I know in, in real life, uh, Elgort has, uh, has some sexual, um, uh, assault, um, claims laid against <laughs> him. Uh, and he's also a DJ named on solo. Yeah, uh, he, come, he comes from So's, privilege.
2: Oh, from wait, don't article. hold that against him. So is Idris Elba, right? And I think we covered this uh, already. I, oh yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with someone being a DJ, but
3: if, I fucking hate if those you disc if jockeys. like
0: his
1: his parents are like uh, super successful artists and choreographers in New York. Uh, Ansel Elgort, I, I, I don't think he gets the entitlement he was raised in. Off of it doesn't come off of him on film. It might come off when he is talking with directors. The, the rumor is he's super confident, just like he plays the character in Tokyo Vice. Uh, but on camera, I mean, he was the weakest part of West Side Story.
3: Mm, um, and
1: I think Edgar Wright, to his credit, played into kind of his flat affect in Baby Driver because he, oh. he comes off as um, autistic
2: in yeah. Baby
0: Driver. I mean, we don't
2: need to relitigate that. I mean, I, I liked him in Baby Driver. We cover this all in Fox and Friends, though.
0: <laughs> box podcast, but yeah he's not a good choice for the role i don't think
1: in our hot ham podcast where we talked about baby driver and our john ham retrospective yep that's right so yeah we've we've Check gone over out. baby driver a lot and also our right or wrong
0: <laughs> <laughs> <great> <laughs> podcast. yeah at the end we say well was this well, right or wrong for you and our lost in spacey wrong. podcast with kevin spacey oh has, like, yeah where we talk yeah. about that bizarre Christmas video that he had on his Instagram.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a great one. It's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and I think Ansel Elgort is what makes this something where nobody wants to really watch yeah. the second episode because um, he's just he's just not somebody that you want to to follow. And I don't think it's the character because. You can see Thomas you talking about the book why Michael Mann would be uh, attracted to this because uh, on that podcast the the watch I mean he talked about himself being a fish out of water when he went to to London in the um early 70s mm, for and, school, and then for, for
2: college you know, yeah.
1: cool, cool. so he he had kind of a kinship with the the character in Tokyo Vice. Yeah, he um, didn't
2: speak the language, didn't read the language when he showed up in England. Yeah, he was he was from Chicago, it was completely foreign. Yep.
0: Yeah. Well yeah, sometimes towered he over
2: everybody, he smelled like meat. It was it was terrible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oi bruv, what time you got, mate? And it's like, 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 like turn around and run yeah. away. <laughs> Big Ben always chiming. So confusing. The bears.
2: Alright. Um <laughs> Yeah, okay, but he does have the Miami Vice hair push that always like he has the uh that, right like he's got the long enough hair that he's always pushing back in the same way yeah, uh it's to, a back, not put back
1: yes um he does have great hair in this I, I will give him that
2: yeah and i was really hoping for a diner scene and how he was going to shoot that,
0: Ooh. For the uh, bingo that card,
2: but there but there you know there wasn't quite that um And then his uh, slow motion uh, club scene wasn't a slow motion club scene at all.
1: No, he's like participating, not like walking through.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. That's another thing. Is this guy is like so dedicated to learning Japanese, and you see that he's not just studying the language; he's studying the politics and the economic things, and his whatever
3: he's studying
2: soybean futures or something, right? Like he's (laughs) reading oceanography books, or I couldn't remember, but sort of a meteorological book but it's
0: it's great because like when he is like studying so hard that he gets a headache what he does is he goes to the club and gets a beer and starts partying and sounds about right i i mean i guess that might be accurate to what really happened but i don't know a lot of that stuff feels like to me yeah i just wish that someone else was in this maybe and that his character maybe made a little bit more sense or maybe it had, maybe if it showed that growth between that great cold open and how he was two years before, because, uh, it's just not very good. It's not very compelling. I don't think. And I think man's direction is the best part about it.
1: Uh, I agree a hundred percent that his directing and it really shows up in the second episode, which, um, becomes more conventional so on one level, it, it feels more like a TV show where you're like, okay, I can see how all these characters and their little stories are going to develop through the season. And mm-hmm. there's going to be like, you know, a big, big, big finale, you know, like TV show. Yeah. Um. So it works to the benefit, but also not so because it's it's still the big black hole in the center of the series is still, you know, Ansel Elgort. Yeah. He's just, he's just not compelling as a main character that you want to follow through. I mean, you can get somebody like uh, Bryan Cranston playing Walter White, who through that series turns into a terrible, terrible person. But,
0: but uh, maybe he always was from the beginning.
1: Or James Gandolfini. I mean, you can, you can go back to all, uh, John Hamm. We talked about it on our Hot Ham podcast as mm-hmm. on Draper. I oh, mean, yeah. t- completely compelling character. So compelling. Um, and that comes from him as, as the actor. And Elgort's just not, God, man, he's just not good. He's he's (laughs) just not. It's really, it's kind of a shame. You mentioned Robert Pattinson. I was like,
3: yeah. Yeah,
0: seeing that that Batman recently, he could totally, totally pull off playing a character like that because he is, I I think he is willing to make a character that is not, um, I don't want to say not good, but that you might like not even completely like a little bit. And I think maybe Elgort is trying to be too cool.
2: Yeah, I think not,
0: I someone know, that you don't see. I, mean,
2: I don't know if, that, if we can really lay that on him, per se. I mean, he can't change how he looks fully, right? And wh- how he comports himself might be another part. But I don't know how much of that's also the direction and what they're trying to do with the series, which is going to be different than what the book is, of yeah. course. Yeah. Because one why the I'm things, my wife, my wife actually was interested to watch the next two episodes. She watched the first one with me, and I had no interest um, because she saw something that isn't quite in the book which is this is going to be a murder mystery with uh the recurring sign the recurring um uh what's the word i want not emblem but uh icon the, of the, the, loan, the loan company yeah yeah
0: right um so another elephant in the room that maybe we should address that i was pretty pissed off about in the trailer, I was watching it again just now just to make <laughs> sure, but in the trailer, there are a few shots of ninjas with swords running into what it looks like the Yakuza place and fighting people with swords, and I was like, holy shit, we're going to get people, maybe it's I'm a victim of my own expectations, but we're going to get some sword fights, and I love a good sword fight, and in the first two episodes, I checked to make sure I didn't sleep through it, In the second one, I did not. There's no sword fights.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say but go, go the strong stuff, man. Don't, don't <laughs> hold off on it. <laughs> right. If there's going to be a sword fight, that's pretty transgressive for a, a contemporary show. That's supposed to be a realistic drama. It, you should probably do it sooner rather than later. So it's Lead not it. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Two yeah, parts to that. Um, does Ken Watanabe come back in the second episode?
1: He comes back even more grizzled than the first episode. Wow. Uh, Ken Watanabe has about the greatest frown stare <laughs> of <laughs> yeah, any any right? living actor right now. Uh, I would not want him staring me down for anything.
2: Okay. And, uh, that's cool because I think – I mean, I was afraid that he was just going to be in that, um, that fla- uh, flash for that, that, op- that cold open mm-hmm. and then we wouldn't get him until like partway through this series
0: why not utilize Ken Watanabe more, especially to balance out how much you do? Absolutely. Build,
2: like, no, absolutely. Power. But to the, um, to the sword thing, uh, there's something called a boha vest, which is, uh, I think they call it a stab vest in the UK. And so instead of having bulletproof vests, they have vests that are built to take pointed objects, like ice picks, and, and not have you get killed. And the reason that I know this is that it's in the book towards the end because he is wearing an anti-knifing wow. vest and wow. uh, really almost cool. gets knifed. And he says this, wow. if you're going to get killed in Japan, you're more likely to be stabbed to death than shot. The penalties for using a gun in a crime are steep. This encourages people to use knives. And so, yeah, I don't think you're going to get the man lesson i shooting everybody up, but I think you might get ninjas. And you're definitely <laughs> going to get some swords. So, uh, Thomas, I have
1: a question about the construction of the TV show versus the book. Because you, you watch the first couple episodes, fairly conventional in how it's laid out. You have the different people and their stories and everything's going to converge. You can kind of all see it coming together. Um, but the book is a, a memoir. So it is not told in the style that the TV show elected to use. Is that is that correct?
2: That that is correct. The I mean the two parts to that, two finer points to that is like I said. I think that the um, inspiration for the series is probably just while he's a crime reporter, it's probably not going to pick up unless there's a season two or something with the um, uh, the sex trafficking and uh, the different sexual mores in Japan, how things are not seen the same as they are in the states, um, as um, far as what's what's allowed and. What's acceptable socially um one of the things he brings up is that um the Japanese take a pretty dim view of the idea of therapy, and so a lot mm-hmm. of the uh sex workers are basically therapists for some of the businessmen who come in and some of the wives of businessmen because it's still a very oh. uh and in- uh sexually inac- uh inequal there's not a lot of equality between the sexes still. Which you see a little bit in the show, like the uh, female reporter having to pour drinks for the guys. But the other part to that, to uh, is that there's a prelude that opens up with the yakuza um, threatening uh, Adelstein, saying, um, "I we know basically where your wife is, where your kids are. Uh, if this story comes out, you know they're they're going to be dead. Like we'll, we'll make your life as miserable as possible." Yikes. Um, and then you get him starting out. So you get a little bit of whatever's going on in that uh, cold open. Yeah. It, yeah. It's similar to that structurally. Um, but beyond that, like, the, of course, the level of detail and what they're focusing on uh, is, is different, right? The television series needs to be about whatever this, uh, whatever's leaking these crimes and these murders, uh, these suicides. Um, and the yeah. book is more him becoming a reporter and all the various things that come in, including um, somebody who's a cannibal uh, who, who's been killing prostitutes um, and uh, story. yeah. Uh, a few other uh, pretty uh, sensational stories uh, mm-hmm. that he's, he's a part of, right? Like he's not the sole person getting the scoop on a lot of these things. Um, He is part of a team that is bringing these stories to light.
1: Okay. So Thomas, um, as a reader of the book, where do you think uh, conceptually for this TV show, they went wrong and where they went right? And and, um, like, what were you hoping the show would be like Hmm. and and how it was different and maybe disappointing? It sounds like. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, one of the things I would have liked to see from a Michael Mann perspective is. Uh, breaking down the rules of journalism. Um, not a sensational lost in translation um, approach to uh, the strangeness of Japanese culture from an American perspective, but rather um, more of a sociological study of, of Japanese culture from an outsider's eyes. Mm. Um, so those two things, I think, would have been great because they're in the book and they're not in the, not in the show. Um, all the late nights, like I thought that there were, I, whenever I heard Michael Mann was shooting Tokyo, I was expecting a lot more neon. Uh-huh. And I know, yeah. I know that's one of the things that you guys said that you would try and avoid, but I, I would have loved to see how his eye would have seen the streets of Tokyo, the various streets of Tokyo, um, through his lens. And I don't feel like we really get that in, in, the premiere.
1: Yeah. Given how how few movies he has made this uh, past 20 years um having him come onto this after it was already you know being developed and with somebody else's director um i kind of wonder how different it might have been had he been in on it earlier like in in breaking down the book writing the pilot writing the the script or the, yeah. writing the bible for the entire season because um, i feel that's where it kind of gets away from him is that it's it's Fairly conventional, and we've seen when Michael Mann, like Miami Vice. I mean, I, I don't even understand the plot of Miami Vice or Black Hat. It, some of it, the way he makes need to.
2: but you don't need to, which is great because it looks it's un- fantastic.
1: Yeah. And right. it's it's unconventional plotting that doesn't um, it, it doesn't hit all the marks that you're expecting that we've been trained to to get hit with in TV shows and movies. Yeah, and that's what makes those movies so memorable. Um, and exactly. I kind of feel that's what's missing in this.
0: Yeah, it's the the best thing about Miami Vice is the Cuba sequence.
1: <laughs> no, because you
0: wouldn't see that in any other movie. No other yeah, director would ever. It's, do it's an excess like that. and a flourish, it's
1: insane. and um, so much dancing.
0: It's so good.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're not going to talk
0: not about as Miami much Vice dancing.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I I like the dancing, uh, and you guys like heat. I understand, but LA Takedown—that's some good dancing.
0: <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> I. Uh, one of the things I felt, uh, was close to a Michael Mann, um, moment aside from that cold open with the camera really close in the confined spaces going in that, uh, in the restaurant where they're, uh, told that they have to go somewhere else. Like they have a plan, the plan's set up, you're not quite sure what's going on, but then you're like redirected somewhere else. So, you know, the plans, uh, eighty sixth right? Like the plan's no longer the plan, uh, yeah. was the end. Like the whole uh, yakuza uh, uh, sake bowl, uh, sake cup ritual. Oh yeah, that was great. Yeah, um, with all the clapping as well, and it felt a little bit like the that amazing ending of Black Hat, where instead of having a uh, and anti-knifing vest he wraps himself with (laughs) because he has millions of dollars instead of uh you know (laughs) buying a vest that prevents being stabbed it's nice and thin he wraps himself with newspaper because he's (laughs) got the prison (laughs) mentality um uh yeah in a similar way as uh the the festival that's going on at that same time um it felt a little bit like that festival and just i think that was nicely shot i just don't know if that was a pure man moment like i didn't feel like there was any Pure moments of, of man in my face.
0: Ooh. Gross. That's no, that's a good that's a good point, though, because maybe besides luck, I didn't really feel any any big man <laughs> moments. You no in, man in your face? No man no man <laughs> in my face in luck. Um but yeah, pretty much every other project he's done, good or bad. I mean, you have Al Pacino bad flipping up his collar in uh, at the end of the insider which Just is a great of, moment. Uh, um, a
2: moment of manhood exactly uh-huh.
0: and that is a lesson that i learned always flip up your collar when you're walking dramatically out of a building
1: um so the the absence of man in the second episode there is a scene where um some cops are um threatening a guy and, and one of the cops is going to shoot him ken watanabe's there and elgort gets word of it and um so he runs to get there to spy on them, and it's like this little bar. It's just the the cops, and like one of them is threatening the guy, and Elgort hides behind this bar, and it's like six feet away from him, and he's poking his head
0: up, oh, watching them, right.
1: and he takes a he takes a picture of it, but. The the staging of it is so ridiculous. It's yeah. like a Scooby Doo cartoon. It's, a, like, it's like
0: police
2: squad where they're shooting at each yeah, other and then shooting. you get a long exactly. shot and yeah. you see that they're only a few feet apart, and they don't even know he's there until they hear the click of his camera. Uh, I it know, it's is better than him taking notes or or sketching uh, a horse during World War One. Um, that's not a Michael Mann reference. Um, but <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, uh, I. I would think that they would lay in, especially. Okay, so here's another man thing that seemed to be missing for a man trope is that um, the technology, he doesn't fetishize it, right? Like normally you get the wiretaps, you get. Someone
1: has a beeper. That was pretty good.
2: <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. <laughs> solved. <laughs>
1: uh he yeah he, they do focus a lot on the the computer screen as he is writing the characters going down That is pretty
2: awesome, way. like trying to think yeah. uh I think uh my copilot leaned over and said, "I can't imagine uh trying to think in a foreign language like that uh that where the where you don't even start like uh yeah uh not only are you thinking in a foreign language, but you're writing in a foreign language, and also you don't write left to right or even right to left, right."
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's so pretty
2: spatially, everything's different.
0: Do we do we know if Elgort um learned Japanese for this role or if he was just kind of like reciting what was been given to him?
1: But from from my eyes it's, it it looks like he he's trying really hard and he did a lot of background. I have no idea. Um, my
2: understanding is that he did learn um Japanese.
0: Wow.
2: I don't know to what level of proficiency, but
0: yeah. That's pretty committed. Yeah. He seemed he did seem like he was he was speaking it pretty well.
2: Yeah, um, I mean I mean
1: as as an actor, you can tell that he's tr- trying really hard <laughs> um to embody this. It's just I th- I think it's just it's just wrong headed in so many ways. Yeah, I agree. Um and, and that, that's
2: I and also the, say the same, I mean here's the other I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna defend him only in that I think that it's kind of a thankless Role. Like, I'm not sure how he's supposed to figure out this character when I'm not sure if the television series knows either.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And I think my biggest uh, disappointment in Man maybe is that it doesn't seem like he really knew which direction to take uh, the character in the pilot. And he has always been so good at having a great, memorable um leading character that you know always you know we we rib on man a little bit for always having the same character with the same philosophy in the leading role but they all are compelling especially in you know even his recent ones like like black hat public enemies i think so but public enemies connection not the best choice for the lead role uh, and
1: a lack of chemistry between that lead role and then the, the blonde uh, American in the club. who well, they kind of developed well, a relationship I, I think with that
2: her. she was doing a great job. The actress there because uh, yeah, she wasn't into him, right? She uh, is a company. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she is there working. She's a working gal. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, she very,
1: it's not a compelling relationship and that's mostly because maybe Elgort just doesn't have chemistry with anybody. I don't know.
2: But at the same time, the character in the that I think they're basing it off of doesn't have pure charm like there's a little bit of it um and you have to be somewhat for to be a journalist right but he's still a human being, and so i'm just not I'm not too sure what where all the constraints are what what kind of i mean I, i'm gonna still put that back on the back on the director and the showrunners.
1: Yeah, I I will say, having watched a lot of um, COVID time productions, that you you can't really tell that this was a COVID production. It was? It it was, yeah. Yeah, they were pretty much in lockdown and stuck in Japan during the making of it. Yeah,
0: I'd have no idea. Um, I I did have no idea. Yeah, I I mean, uh,
1: the COVID genre is one that's becoming very clear as movies and TV shows get released that were made during it. But um, this is one of the ones where you know they it you can't tell so kudos <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> to all their covid protocols they've had to follow
2: i don't know um, it felt very packed in aside from maybe the subway i think i think people were social distancing cuz i mean it's a city like new york right where uh there's just throngs and throngs of people there's no distance between you and the next person
1: yeah okay maybe um, you just you just read my whole argument about it being a good COVID production, Thomas. Now I take it all back.
2: Uh, well, how about this? I would say it's no. I I, I wanted to say uh, I kept feeling like it was it wasn't fully fetishizing a Japanese society, which I appreciate. But then the two murders that happen that decide to show, which aren't the same as in the book exactly, that the uh, person lighting himself on fire is, and yeah. a bunch of kids are around watching. Um, And they seem pretty unaffected by it. Um, That's in the book. I don't remember somebody being stabbed with a, um, whatever the the sister sword is, the shorter sword to a katana. Uh, That other blade. I don't recall that being in the book. But both of those deaths felt very Japanese. Like they were trying to hang a paper lantern on it and say, look, this is Japanese crime. Um, and so I had a, I was curious in the second episode if like, I don't know, a Kabuki actor gets killed with ninja stars or there's a Godzilla steps on a sumo wrestler. Like I I didn't Uh, know, I didn't know how it was going to get more Japanese than those two deaths.
1: So I, I will say one good thing about it the way, um, conceptually is that Elgort's character is, is not there to be, uh, uh, a Western white savior type character, and that, that's actually mentioned a few times in the second episode of what he isn't. Um, he's as no if last to remind, samurai. He, he's no last samurai, or you know, I mean, we've seen a million stories of. He's no Oscar Schindler, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, they do a good job of that.
0: Um, I'd agree with that conceptually, anyway. I like. I think one of the really weak points, and I guess maybe they build on this a little more in episode two, but it is. A lot in episode one of the the logo of the company and that's like how he figures out there's something going on yeah is something that is like feels totally contrived and cinematic and to make a mystery easier on the audience to understand and that definitely did not happen in real life right correct like him finding it's it's ridiculous it feels it feels like very amateur writing and yeah you can very clearly tell that man to not write this.
1: We, Jack and I were talking about other properties when they're translated from like either a book or we were talking about superheroes and, and how they feel the need to change them in a, a TV or a movie way to make them more conventional. And the further away they get from what made the original good, um, the worse they become.
2: Are we about but, to talk about blue penises on screen for
0: um, Dr. Manhattan? No. No, we were not okay. talking about that. Oh, that very, very good but film.
1: Speaking of, we were talking about Shang Chi, though that was that was one of the things we were talking about of of just how far some things can go, and how uh, um, people who are trans translate not translating adapting it think that they have a better way of doing it than what made it popular to begin with. Um, and that I mean that's a problem that Hollywood has always had in adaptations. Um, the closer you stick to to what made it good in the first place. Um,
2: so and was, when you tell uh, me this, couple, another argument for adaptation, the movie.
1: Yeah, we're actually going to yeah. revisit that when we do our uh, streaks of fire.
2: Oh, Great. okay.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, because I've been wanting to, but but no, it just seems like when you're talking about that the book Thomas earlier and all the cool stuff in it that sounds totally at Michael Mann's alley, and how there's none of it in in the pilot. Um, it really makes me question of what producers uh jt rogers the writer of what they saw in the book and how they just chose to translate or adapt and and make it more conventional and get away further from what made the book compelling um it's always a curious thing to think about yeah i I don't know i don't know why they do that just make it the thing that it was
2: (laughs) (laughs) so you're saying just just to make sure I understand, kid, you're yeah, saying what yeah. they should do is take the camera, uh, maybe <laughs> put it overhead over a book right, yeah. and uh, get the copyright, everything else, and then just slowly turn the page. No, what I'm
1: talking about is like Henry Cavill on the set of uh, The Witcher is that what the show's called? Yes, how he is like an encyclopedia knowledge of the books, that's right, and he could like quote. Sequences verbatim, and he keeps everybody on task to make it as close as possible. Whether you like The Witcher or not, it's beside the point. I'm I say that you have people on the set who are dedicated to making something that reflects the source material. And he's pretty see, much the only.
0: See, I think that, that the,
2: I mean, obviously, Last of the Mohicans is better than the book. Last of the Mohicans is for a modern audience, right? The film. Uh, Michael Mann's film, uh, Last of the Mohicans, did not play very well during Fenimore Cooper's days. They didn't have electricity. Fast um, <laughs> fact. Um, but I, I I like Last of the Mohicans for everything that Mann does with the source material. What he decides to keep and throw out and change, uh, I like the film as its own thing. And one of the things I enjoy is uh, looking at different iterations of an idea or concept as it goes along. I think maybe what uh I would have done is not use the title of the Adelstein book for this. I would have just said that like have have a different title, new title, and uh acknowledge that it was adapted from this source material. I think having the same title in this instance makes it seem as though it's going to be closer to what the book is.
1: Right. Okay. Instead
2: of uh, doing things that they might want to do, which is to have ninjas or to have mm-hmm. Yakuza d- uh, decided to dress up as ninjas. One of the interesting things in the book, which I didn't know, is um, a lot of uh, the Yakuza uh, in movies for a good period of time, maybe to today. I don't know. The, the book, I think, was published in 2009 um, are actual Yakuza, like the extras that you see. Yeah. Um, because... And then there's like this weird feedback loop like happened with uh the Italian mafia uh the Italian family in um in the u s and uh, Italy is that they start to pretend like the people that they see depicted on screen right like Weird feedback yeah. loop that happens so all that yeah all again all that uh, would be fascinating to try and cover in a, in a series or a show uh I don't think this is the series of the show to do that in
0: definitely
1: not okay are there... Are there- there are no Google reviews. Yeah, there are. There Are Google reviews? There's for this? two. I found.
2: Oh, wait, two. Do, do we want to do that before your your man lesson that you yeah. you had? Okay. Hey, do you think we could call? What do you think we should call this? Do you think it should be the loner? Oh, or maybe like loan shark fin soup? I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, that's a good one. I have not thought about.
2: Well, we have a few days before yuck. the weird release yuck, of
1: yuck, this yuckers <laughs> I don't get it. Yakuza? Yakuza? But you spell it yuck.
0: Why is it? Okay. I I don't know. (laughs) Um, uh, Mohamed Romani gives it four stars and said, Tokyo Vice, it make you dream and feel great. Sweet. (laughs) And Kim Goings gives it three stars and says, I'm not into reading a TV show. Couldn't get past that. Well, learn how to speak Japanese.
1: They they missed out on um Squid Game then, like the best
0: TV show last year. Oh yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Are you sure on uh, Squid Game
2: you couldn't just put on the um the uh, dubbing?
0: Oh, oh like yeah, the, the great dub, the bozo yeah. dub. <laughs> Always watch things dubbed. No. Always. And I if didn't... you have a
2: chance, have it in color.
0: <laughs> uh Anyway.
1: All right. So uh, during uh, the, fir- the season of Michael Mann, Jack had to learn a lesson of uh, how to be a man from oh, each project. Shit. And we have reached the point now where he needs to tell us what he learned.
0: Well, I guess the, the first thing is always check the back of your tests. Yes. Um, correct. And the other thing would be, like I guess, always wear either newspaper under your clothes or a knife-proof vest. Uh-huh. I guess I don't think I could afford a knife proof vest. So I think I'll just have to like wrap myself in newspaper every time I leave the house. Kind of like how I put a tinfoil, like a layer of tinfoil underneath my beanie every time I leave to protect against um, 5G.
3: And
2: while you flip up your collar to protect against the rain and the sun hitting your neck.
0: Ooh, exactly. There you go. It's all connected. Yeah, I don't know. This is, I'm not going to watch the rest. I'm going to, after it airs, I'm going to look up the sword fight on YouTube.
2: Well, Michael Mann's supposed to direct the last two, right? Is he? What? That's what I thought I saw. Oh
0: shit!
1: Oh, I, 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 yeah. I mean, the the directing credits are a little bit all over the place. I mean, if he does, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. I'll come back for that.
0: If Michael Mann has one fan left on Earth, you better believe that fan is me. And yeah. everyone else is dead. I'm the last person on Earth sitting in an ice cave, yep. listening to my podcasts.
1: wearing sunglasses, with your hair slicked back not pushback
0: not pushback okay are we almost out of free minutes here oh yeah we gotta we gotta, go, <laughs> we we gotta, gotta free stop minutes recording right this uh yeah thank you listener find us on the social media thomas anything else to say
2: no modoma county library shout out
0: Shout out. Thanks for reading the
1: book. Uh, it kind of makes me want to read the book now.
2: Yeah, I'm interested in reading the book now. Are
1: there yeah. any sword fights in the book? It's weird. A TV pilot will make you want to read the book but not finish watching it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, good advertising for the book.
3: Yep. You see I am
1: All right. Is that
3: it? Are we done? Yeah. done? All right. Yeah. I
1: don't know
3: if you know that I am. Well, everyone. Scene, all right but don't you get too attached if you can't walk in 30 flat cause i prefer miami vice